Making Our Seniors Matter, the show that gives seniors and their caregivers some great advice, timely information, and some great entertainment. Making Our Seniors Matter is a not-for-profit founded by Glenn Cunningham from Real Estate Design for Seniors and Elizabeth Cunningham from Age-Friendly Business. On today's show, part two of my chat with Terry McIntyre from Manulife Securities, where we talk about um, older parents like myself who uh, have a child with special needs. And we want to make sure that we plan accordingly for their futures, make sure there's enough money and the proper care put in place for them to enjoy their time once we've left this mortal coil as sad as that sounds but we want to be responsible parents and also we've got jack and barb residents of greenway by rivera and telling us about their lives at that wonderful center so stay tuned great show on the way today have an aging parent? Do they want to remain in their home? Since 1994, Retire at Home has been providing the highest quality nurse-managed home care that is personalized to all your needs. Our services extend to workplace and motor vehicle injuries. Your health, your home, your choice. Retire at Home Services. For a free consultation, go to retireathome.com and call your nearest location. to Making Our Seniors Matter Radio. Uh, part two of our segment with Terry McIntyre on um, older parents with kids who have some challenges. And um, being the caregivers and the nice people we are, we want to make sure that there's enough money for them to have a wonderful life after we've gone. And as I mentioned, I'm an older father of a younger child, and I personally want to make sure that he's got whatever money he needs going forward for therapies or for, you know, I have every intention that he's going to be, you know, um, working and doing his own thing. But just in the event that he can't, I want to make sure that uh, he's covered. And that's why Terry McIntyre's back. Welcome again, Terry. Well, thank you. Glad to be back. We barely scratched the surface and we both acknowledge that there are just so many things uh, that we talked about. We talked about we touched on some of the financial tools that parents and guardians can use. And we, we talked about a few of them. We may round, uh, you know, round the wagons again and have a look at some of those. Um, but the first thing the first thing I wanted to start with you uh, and ask you is. Is there such thing as a trust fund? I mean, that used to be a thing that rich people did. But then when there were also challenges with with um, a particular family member, we would set up a trust fund. Now, has that entirely disappeared or does it work together with some of the tools that we touched on in the first show? Well, actually, yes, it's we do have it. It's exactly what the Henson Trust is. It's a trust fund for that child. Now, the difference is, is let's say the child is disabled, but they're able to run their own money. In an RDSP, they can make decisions. When it's in a Henson Trust, the decisions are made for them. Hmm. And so a trustee is running it in their, you know, be, on their behalf and the best for them. But the upside is, is there's 
couple of clauses in there that have now been put in uh, to a trust for that child that allows you to still collect government uh, assistance if you were already getting it. And that makes a big difference. I've seen someone get $200,000 and they put it into a handsome trust. Now, you've got to be careful when you start taking it out though, because some of that money will get be income to the child as you take it out. The original money, you know, if it's 200000 as it comes out, it was your money, it was pre-tax money, it's okay. Right. But any growth and anything in that range is going to get taxed. Mm. And so you want to make sure that as money comes out of a Henson Trust or an RDSB, um, you don't want at any point that it raises the income to start failing the test. And that's, again, where they're a little bit different. And, and, and like I say, we can go 20 minutes on the difference between the rules on them. But quite frankly, if you're doing it, the RDSB is a little easier to get money out of. As long as you're past the 10-year period that I described last time from your last grant, mm -hmm. uh, they actually call it, and I can't remember the term, but it's um, the AHA. <laughs> and uh, it's it's an acronym, but I think it, they call it the aha moment of uh, RDSP. You get through your 10 years from your last grant. Now, they can't claw 10 years of grant back. Ah. Okay. And, and, and I love it. Like, aha. Yeah, you're there. exactly. It's, uh, like I said, I, I, I have so much. Uh, I could do six inches of paper on my desk just to get all the rules out. So I forget the name. I always remember it as the aha moment. But you just, you led right into my second question, and that was, are there any tax implications? And and as parents, we put this money away, and as we talked about in the first segment, there's matching grants and matching money that goes in there. And the end goal is to maximize the amount of money that's in there so that, because we don't know how long our children are going to live. And that is one of my fears, and you mentioned before, one of yours, for these people in these situations is, will they outlive the money? That's right. And, and, and this is where you come down to like there's <clears throat> different titles on how you get money out, a lump sum and it does this and this does that. And like there's the one that's going to start payments, you know, uh, out of the RDSP. Um, if you don't start it before age 60, it has to start. Now, you and I don't know how long the trial is going to live. So they do a general ruling of 80 minus their age and divide that. So if they're 60, it's 120th every year. Mm. Um, but they also do have things put to the side. If um, a doctor thinks that they're not going to live as long, they can write in and have an opinion and more can come out quickly oh. because they won't be around. But generally, everybody's looked at 80 minus their age. Hmm. Now, uh, people on my wife's side of the family tend to live to 96. <laughs> my family, <laughs> my family, a little less. We're we're into our 60s and 70s, but um, and that's the scary part. So, how do you make sure that there will be enough money to last a lifetime? And you you talked about that factor there, where they sort of uh, look at the person's age and try and figure out how long they'll live. But how do we as parents? Um, ensure that. I mean, there's no, there's no, you know, here's what you do to make sure, but what are some of the things that we can do to make sure that there's enough money in there? Well, as I say, um, the RDSB is very straightforward. You can get so much in there of grant money, your money, and, um, and uh, the bond money. And quite frankly, there's a formula for taking it out. Now, just because the government tells you you've got to take out 120th doesn't mean you have to spend 120th. 
Mm. Right? You may be taking some out and put some away for a later time, especially when you start hitting, you know, the number of uh, Canadians hitting 100. Yeah. And, then, you know, and this is a generation, two generations away from the ones there now. We're almost three generations away from the ones there now. And, and we just keep extending that goal, right, um, of, of living longer. Of course, we're hoping we're going to live well while we get there. But that's where some of the problem comes. But then you're also looking at <clears throat> some social assistance doesn't get impacted. Um, and and I'm, as again, I'm not going to go which one does which, yep. but you could still get your old age security in, in most cases. You can get your guaranteed income support, your Canada pension plan, your GST benefit, uh, most of the provincial benefits of, uh, that are assistance like the ODSPs, you might pass for getting that stuff in too. So it's not like all of a sudden you're 60 and you were cut off. Yeah. You're getting... You're getting the same as anybody else would, plus a few extra things, you know, and if your income's low, well, you, you might get the guaranteed income supplement for old age people. And so you get quite a few things in there, and, it, and it's really quite well laid out, you know. For, for the one in my family, I um, started at 27, so I planned everything to age 67, except the RDSP payments will start earlier. Mm. And, and, and as we're sort of talking about, there are probably different tools or different plans that you need to think about at various points in a child's life. You may need something from age, you know, three to 18. Then maybe once they kick in, uh, you know, and they have their 18th birthday, there are other tools that might need to be looked at. Or as you said, um, you know, maybe they're uh, competent enough to manage their own finances. So you really need to sit down with someone and have a conversation about what do you as a parent envision at various points along the child's life in terms of uh, maybe money for therapies or support or PSWs or just fun. Oh, yes. Yes. And, 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 you know, you know, as well as I do, the money can chew up pretty quick when you're bringing in outside help and that all the time. Yes. But uh, in my particular case, in this one, it was a head injury and it actually, you know, better every year. Yeah. And what I would have thought two years ago, we're, we're well past that, but we're nowhere near being able to handle low money now. Yet. Yeah. Well, that's so, there, there's good good news there for sure, um, but yeah, and it still takes a lot of money. We've got about three minutes left, and I've got a couple more questions I want to run by you before we close. Um, some listeners might want to know if there are any fees, either upfront or on an ongoing basis, with some of these plans. And and I don't necessarily mean tax implications, but are, are there fees to help manage this and pay for the plan to sustain itself? Um. There can or can't be. It depends who's offering it to you. It's okay. probably the best way. In my business, um, you know, there's more than one way to distribute to the clients and to have fees and no fees. And um, I set it up so there's no extra cost out of the client's pocket. Oh, that's and, good to uh, know. And then you know, as long as you're open, honest, and transparent about it, they can make decisions. And some may choose a different way. But that's fine. Yep. You know, it's all in... in um, uh, choices and there are all the types of choices you can imagine we touched on this earlier and um, I just in closing I want to touch upon this just to um, to bring more focus to it you mentioned that some people might be competent enough to manage their own finances what are the controls that are put in place if you know to help make sure that um, the child's best interests are, are kept at the front uh, with with their money who manages it who gives them who decides how much they get on a daily basis a yearly basis how is that facilitated 
Well, that's, that's really what it comes down to with uh, two things. One, the Hanson Trust is managed for you. And, you know, you've set this up with a lawyer, so you get to where it is. And that other person actually does do that mostly for you. Uh, when you're talking the RDSP, just because you're of age doesn't mean that there's not an owner of someone else, because there's an owner and a beneficiary, the child is the beneficiary. Right. The owner can be left in place to make the decisions so that it's not... You know, get hold of it and let's just get that money out in Yahoo. Right. And then and me as the owner of the plan, I would put that as part of my estate so that when I pass on, someone else takes over that responsibilities for my child. You're dead right. Good stuff. Terry McIntyre, thank you again. I know we've probably, again, just scraped the surface. This could be an ongoing discussion, and I hope it is because there are lots of different um things that we need to look at, you know, regarding seniors and, and older parents and, and just helping them manage their, their ongoing needs. So thank you again for coming in this morning. Oh, very well. Very welcome. I'm glad to come. And let me tell you, I truly believe in making sure our lawyers and our accountants are in there to help us through it because every situation seems to be just a little different. As we touched on, you need a team, you know, it, it takes a village to raise a child and it takes a bunch of different people to make sure that their care is uh, done correctly. Yes. More Making Our Seniors Matter just around the corner. Please stay with us. Independence Matters. Terry McIntyre is a full-service investment advisor who researches and advises the best products in all markets, then advises which best meets your needs and risk tolerance. We are all individuals and need to be treated as individuals. Investments, income, and estate planning have become very non-personal at the big institutions. You deserve to work with a professional who crafts investments to meet your needs. Terry McIntyre, investment advisor, Manulife Securities Incorporated. Call 905-896-9060 or go to terrymcintyre.ca. music again time for another senior scam alert with glenn cunningham and constable yvette logan from the peel regional police service welcome to uh, making our seniors matter scam alert and this week we have some great information from constable yvette logan of the peel regional police about shopping listen up ladies yeah one of my favorite topics Uh, We have a scam going on right now. It's called the mystery shopper. And unfortunately, we're still having people that that are falling for this. Again, older adults are very loving and trusting people. And we just don't suspect that someone that looks very kind is actually kind. So what's happening is they'll have uh, someone in a parking lot of a store that will see um, potentially an elderly person coming out of the store and they'll ask them to help them in doing an investigation. And usually they'll say that they're investigating one of the tellers in the store mm-hmm. or someone at one of the booths. And they suspect that there might be some some money scamming going on. Okay. So they'll ask the elderly person to go back to a certain teller. They usually are very specific. They'll describe someone. And they'll ask them to purchase something using their debit card. Once they've made the purchase, they tell the elderly adults that they will bring the purchase and the receipt back to them. 
they will reimburse them for the amount of money that they used on their debit card. So in a lot of cases, the person will go back into the store, make the purchase, they tell them to keep their eyes on this, very focused on the person serving them, kind of distracting them as to what's going on, make sure that they're charged exactly the amount for the item that they're purchasing. They come back out to the parking lot, they give them the item, they give them the receipt, and they're given a check for the value ah, of the purchase. The infamous check. The infamous check that can never be cashed. Uh, in that case, what has happened is, in a lot of cases, the item that is purchased, they are now in possession of, and usually with the receipt, they'll take it back to the store, which is possible for the cash. In some cases, they actually have um, people working in the stores, and they're scamming the money through the debit machine as well. So there's a whole bunch of stuff goes on here in different different levels, but at the end of the day, the, uh, the elderly person is not gonna get the money back through the check that they're given. So it's really um, the message here, I think, is, is that if somebody asks you to do something in aid of uh, uh, an investigation, a police kind of thing, that really that's not going to be the average person isn't going to be asked to do that kind of thing. I can tell you the police would never ask the public to do that. And I'm pretty sure that most security companies that work in any large organization would never involve the public and certainly would never involve an older adult in any investigation they do. They can bring in their own undercover people. So if you're approached as you're coming out of a store and somebody seems to be looking to get help to investigate somebody else, Here's a good trip, uh, tip for you. Just walk away. The best person you can help is yourself. Back to you, Todd, and making our seniors matter. If you're a senior who has credit card debt but are worried about losing your home, call Cooper & Company. We have the solution for you. Keep your home, pay your debts. 905-454-4510. That's 905-454-4510. Cooperco.ca. Welcome back to Making Our Seniors Matter. Well, I have to tell you, we just had a heck of a lot of fun playing Name That Tune. We had some winners, we had some singers, we had some dancers, but most of all, we had a lot of fun. And so now we are back with two very special people sitting across the table from me today. Um, Jack and Barbara Chalice, who are here at Greenway Town Home Living. Welcome to you both. Thank you very much. It is such a pleasure to see, I assume, with your same names, that you are a couple. Yes. Yes. Can you tell? <laughs> yes. And how long have you been married? 63 years. And you have to, if, for those of you that are here, you can see um, Jack lovingly turning to his wife as he said how many years, but for people at home, <laughs> he kind of gave her the look as if to say, I think I've got this right. Well, that is quite, quite a milestone. Congratulations on that. Um, so tell us a little bit about you and how you enjoy living here at Greenway. Well, uh, do you want a little, some background? Yeah, first? I'd love uh, to hear about you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because I, I was born and raised in Toronto and educated here, uh, starting out with well, I'm into Melbourne Collegiate Institute in the East and yep. the, the beach area. Yes. And uh, then on to University of Toronto where we studied uh, engineering at uh, civil engineering. And uh, Fantastic. where we met is that, at, at university. And yeah. is Barbara an engineer as well or did you just? No. Oh, so, so she was in a different program. Yes. I caught your eye. Yeah. 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 <laughs> At a dance. At a dance. Yes. Fantastic. Yes. Had, uh, 
the, what they call the, the huts with the uh, occupational physiotherapy huts. They, they, they were literally the old Quantit huts. Right. And they were using this as schoolrooms right. for them. But they also cleared it out and had a dance there in the fall. And uh, a lot of uh, uh, engineers met their fates, uh, so to speak. Do you know, it's funny you say that because I went to the University of Waterloo and oh. the engineers used to always get involved with the kinesiology department, this, that that same sort of thing. So uh, I kind of know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. they got together with a therapist and, and uh, the rest is history. A lot of them, yeah. <laughs> 61 years later. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. 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 And uh, we met and eventually married in 53, and uh, we uh, spent a great life together. Uh, we moved around a lot because of my engineering work. Uh, I started out in Toronto uh, with a firm in Toronto, uh, an engine, uh, consulting firm. Right. And uh, as part of that, it just on the side, we met, had uh, I had an assignment for about a year, about a year or so, in Brampton, acting as acting town engineer. Oh. George Kimball, the, the actual town engineer at the time, had an argument with a train, and oh. he oh. came out second best oh, up to goodness. a point. But he survived it, oh, but thank heavens. not uh, not well enough to be oh. able to continue on. So uh, the firm, the the town was respected him enough that they moved him. They looked after keeping someone to replace him. Um, that That's an, a complete another story on the side because it was an interesting time with uh, a lot of changes taking place. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, but anyway, moved on and then we ended up in Montreal because I took a position with the St. Lawrence Seaway Authority for a couple of years. And then after that, we came back to to the east, uh, came back west uh, to Toronto, and I joined. A, I was lucky to get a position with a firm Kilborn, Kilborn Engineering Limited, right. and they're out the west end of the city. Right. Yeah, and uh, they were a good firm. I was there for uh, 30 years. Fantastic. Just, I just under 30 years, and then while there, I had about five different. Uh, sort of you know, activities that right. I was involved with, starting out in the field and design, and then uh, doing. Uh, eventually, I uh, headed up a, a new department for uh, preparing specifications and contracts, and that was a fascinating time. I, I was always had a background where I was. It was half and half whether go to engineering or into writing right. of some sort. Well, and what I can see for how how many years have you been retired? Uh, I mean, you have been about uh, 30 years nearly. But yet 30 years, and I don't know if you can see his eyes, those that are here, when you're speaking about your career, your eyes light up. You can still see the passion and hear it in your voice. And I think for me, that, that makes me, um, it inspires me because it really does show all of us um, that age is just a number. And though you may not be still a practicing engineer, you're always an engineer. Yeah, oh yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> his wife, Bo 
Barbara, what do you think about that? Is he always an engineer? Well, yes, <laughs> but the engineers were well trained. Yes, yes, <laughs> indeed, indeed. But it's wonderful to see that you're, that passion uh, is still there and, and that we don't have to lose that as we age, which is so important. Well, I also had a couple of other careers because we, when we, uh, when I retired, we, we took, uh, started up a bed and breakfast in oh, Niagara on the Lake. Fantastic! And I started another career in writing. I did a lot of writing for some of the local magazines, at least. Right. And uh, uh, with. Uh, the wine industry was primarily the, the nice. big, big nice. feature, but it did articles on the Shaw and and on uh, Shaw Theater and and on. Uh, Good for you. Good for yeah. you. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. But, uh, do you mind um, sharing with us how old you both are, or young you both no, are? That's, yeah, no problem. I'm 86 and. I'm 51. Going after the younger ladies, eh, sir? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It keeps me young. Well, you know, that was going to be part of my next question. You, you behave young, you act young, you talk young. What keeps you feeling young? What's the secret to living a long and happy life? You obviously are happy together. Yeah, just, yeah. You know, it was good wine. <laughs> I wondered about that when you said about Niagara. So did you taste a few at the bed and breakfast? Yes. 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 And, and at uh, the wineries. Mm-hmm. And since he was writing on it, I got invited to some of the wine tasting, too. Oh, and that didn't hurt too much, did it, Barb? Oh, that was nice. What, what's your favorite wine? Do you have oh, a favorite? The taste of everything. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of information for our listeners. <laughs> That's very good. You're both at Greenway. You've been here a little while. Yeah. How do you like it? What do you love about being here? The, uh, I, I just like to sort of preclude, uh, begin, start that conversation with by explaining that when we came here, I suppose it's considered a negative aspect, but it really isn't. You know, we just reached a point where we decided it was time to let go of mm -hmm. a lovely home in yes. Agman Lake and yes. wonderful neighbors and people we really loved. And uh, we also had, uh, um, you know, well, it was just a, a great life there. And so it was hard to make a decision to, mm -hmm. to leave that behind mm -hmm. and come to... Can, can you tell us a little bit about how you came to that decision? Was it a certain thing or a bunch of things? Uh, well, the one main thing was our son, who lived in Brampton. Oh, right. The family, and, yes. And yeah. he was terrific. He, he sp went, spent a lot of time doing all of the rounds of all the various uh, homes, retirement places here in mm -hmm. town. And uh, uh, looked at all, and we looked at all the options. Uh, but he, he just zeroed in on Greenway. On this one? Okay. And uh, that was... Uh, and so did came, you, you feel a little bit like our other guests when you came in here? Did you feel like you were coming to home? Not, no, I no. can't say that, uh, quite honestly. No. no. 
But it's grown into home, hasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, That's very much good. so. And we're in a townhouse, so it's very, very comfortable. It gave us a lot more room. We've got files, my wife does, from, <laughs> from the year three, dot. <laughs> three generations of, of people, that, of, of uh, her grandmothers and, and grandmother and her own. So you have genealogy? things, Barb? You have history of your yes. families? Um, Tell us about that. Well, my mother and my sister were into genealogy to the point where I've had too much of it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it means that there's still a lot of files uh, on the second floor of our townhouse. But someday I'll get tidied up. <laughs> you will. Okay, that's good. So where did your family come from originally? Uh, my mother's family came from a uh, little place between St. Catharines and Hamilton called Fulton. Uh, I think they still have the church and this one-room schoolhouse. Um, my father came from uh, London, England, um, born in the, within the sound of Bow Bells, and uh, he came to Canada with his uh, parents and his brother and his sister. Uh, so does that not make him a certain kind of Englishman if he was born within the sound of the bells? Uh, There's a name for that, right? <laughs> it means he has a Cockney yeah, accent. It means he has a Cockney <laughs> accent. I thought so. Good for him. <laughs> right. And my grandmother lived to a, a good hundred years old. Jack's wow. mother also lived to a Hundred years old, so we've got a. You've got a ways to go yet. Yeah, fantastic. Good for you. Good and for you both. <laughs> and he's been a marvelous husband. He puts up oh, with me. Oh, he's been good, has he? He's been good to you. Yeah, oh, yes. <laughs> You're going to keep her? I think <laughs> well, you should. I thought it was the other way around. Oh. <laughs> You're going to keep him, Barbara, just so we're checking on it, make sure everything's okay. Oh, well, you see. Uh, he looks after the finances. <laughs> oh, that's handy. And, yeah. Uh, I like the idea of somebody else does the dinner cooking and the washing up after. Very nice. But I think so after all this time. The staff here are marvelous. They're, Good. Uh, you know, the waitresses are always happy, even if they drop a, a tip, a saucer <laughs> or two that always hits the... Uh, the tile floor. Always. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're a good staff. The staff is a big, is a big factor here yes. that we've been enjoying. So you, you both obviously have, have enjoyed living in your townhouse. So what kind of advice would you give for seniors that are looking for a place to go, that are having to make that difficult decision about where to go next, and maybe it's time to move before it's too late to, to move into a place like this? What kind of advice would you give? Well, I think there's enough variety here, uh, from exercises to educational. Um, there are uh, entertainment. Uh, we have a marvelous pianist who comes in uh, Monday afternoons and plays music that we're that you familiar love. with. Mm -hmm. And uh, then people tend to like our grand piano here. And uh, piano teachers will bring in their students to have a recital. We've had the uh, Boy Scouts come in, uh, Christmas entertainment. Um, 
many different kinds. Well, and now a radio show, Barbara, that you're on. Uh, yes. yes. Let's not forget about that. <laughs> yes. right. No, this is no. the beginning of something new. Yes. And no. it's it's going to be very exciting. Well, yes. Good. We're really glad. Well, the the uh, certainly the advice I'd give is to look at all the options and to study the whole the area as our mm. son did for us. Right. Uh, look at all the places. Satisfy yourself, but you'll end up at Greenway, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's the best recommendation we've heard. So that's wonderful. Listen, thank you both for very much for coming today and spending some time with us, sharing your story and your life. We appreciate it very much. Enjoy doing it. Stay with us because we've got more coming your way here on Making Our Seniors Matter. Thank you. Thank you. a wonderful show. Our thanks again to Terry McIntyre from Manulife Securities for dropping by and sharing some incredible information, not only general information that applies to other parents that are in, uh, in this unique situation, but also his own personal experience as well. You can tune into Making Our Seniors Matter each Monday at 2 p.m. and 8 p.m. on Listen Up Talk Radio, but if you miss it, you can find it on demand or podcast the following day. And you can find that at makingourseniorsmatter.com as well as wonderful information about the incredible sponsors that make this show possible. So please spend a few minutes, click on their links and visit them and take a look and see what they do and help support them if you can, because it makes this show viable. If you'd like to comment on something you've heard, you have a program suggestion, you'd like to make a song request, or would like to nominate a senior for our Shining Senior Moment, please call us at 1-866-269-6155, extension number 3, toll free, 1-866-269-6155, extension 3. Making Our Seniors Matter is produced for WOW Radio by Listen Up Talk Radio. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.